Hey family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone, your future is waiting. So prepare to move forward. I'm excited. All right, let's jump into this thing. Uh, I'm going to talk today about a guy that I don't talk about a whole lot in the Bible. He's not really popular. All of you guys know um, the most famous and most important guy in the Bible is Jesus. You'll never guess who my second favorite person is in the Bible. Oh, y'all know? David. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to talk a little bit about David and what I found out about David. I just love David because David is human. I love David because he reminds me of myself. I love him so much. You already know this. I named my firstborn David, Jace. I love David so much. And every time I look at his story, I see something that is just amazing. And I was reading David's story uh, this week, and I saw something that was fascinating. And it's found in 1 Samuel 21. The story about David, um, for those of you who don't know, David got into uh, this little battle with his mentor, King Saul. And King Saul had become jealous of David, and he tried to kill him. And so now David is on the run for several, several, several years. David is running. In 1 Samuel 21, he runs to this place called Nob. It's this place called Nob, and he gets there. And he's really hungry. He gets to the priest and he's like, hey, man, I'm really hungry. Um, Do you have anything for me to eat? And the priest says, hey, man, we don't have any normal bread. All we have is consecrated bread. He says, "Uh, you know, are you pure? Have y'all been with any women? Like, what's going on with you? He's like, nah, man, I'm pure. I can take it. Like, I'm just hungry. So the the priest is like, here, man, here goes some consecrated bread. David eats the bread. And I like David because David's like me. David's like, okay, if if I'm asking and if it's working, I'm going to keep on asking. That's how I am. If you know me, I don't mind asking for favors. And David's like, okay, I got bread. What else I need? Uh, Hey, man, I need a weapon. Do you have have any weapons here? Do you have, he gets specific. He said, do you have like a spear or a sword or something? Like I need a weapon. And the priest says, hey man, we don't have anything here except. He said, I got something hiding in the back. It's a collector's item. You will never believe what the man got. The man says, the weapon I have is Goliath's sword. He says, he says, I got, I got Goliath's sword. He says, so, I mean, you can use that. And David, I can see David now like, like, you mean the same sword I use to cut his head off? Like, it's like Superman. It's like Clark Kent finding his cape. It's, it's like, it's like Iron Man getting his uniform. It's like, and I can imagine David like, oh, it's on and popping now. I was a little hungry. I was a little nervous, but you're giving me my weapon of choice. I'm excited right now. David gets a sword. David leaves there. Y'all, this is all in chapter 21. David leaves there, and he goes to a place called Gath. Now, Gath is actually the land of the Philistines. He gets there, and immediately the Bible says he's recognized. Of course, David, you're famous. David gets there, and the men start saying, hey, ain't that a... That's that dude that hit song is about. This is all in the Bible. I said, that's that song. That's that record. That, that song that uh, Lil Wayne, you, that's that big, that's that top 10. That's that song. You heard that? You know that song. That's that song. The song uh, Saul killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. You know that song. That record is hot right now. That's him. That's the guy right there in the music 
video. And David's like, oh, snap. They recognize me. I'm going to die. Let me try to figure something out. And the Bible says David starts acting like a madman. I'm talking about the dude goes Alcacester. I mean, foaming at the mouth. He's acting like a madman so much he starts clawing on the gate. How do you claw on a gate? You are out of your mind. He starts clawing on doors. He starts losing his mind. He's like, there's drool everywhere. It's disgusting. He loses his dignity for a moment. And I'm reading this, and because it's in the same chapter, I'm like, surely it has some significance in this. And what's confusing is, David, you just received your weapon of choice. In the same chapter. Where's this weapon at? At the moment, you're acting like a bad man. Have you ever been in a situation that made you go crazy? Y'all ain't going to be honest in this room. Have you ever faced something in your life that literally drove you crazy? crazy drove a relationship that drove you insane some children some baby kids that drove you insane a job an employer that drove you insane 2020 COVID that drove you insane have you ever been in something that has hit you so hard that it made you feel like you were losing your mind this is where David is right after he gets his weapon of choice so, so those of you who don't know about my past, I dealt with many weapons in my day, Trey, from the streets where we would see walk, I, uh, game banged and thugged. And I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. I served my time. But one day, one day, last week I told y'all about my boat adventure at Waterworld. Um, this week I want to talk about another adventure, and this happened last year. I had this bright idea, I had this bright idea. I don't even think I told my wife about it until afterward because sometimes she could be a little overprotective. I don't want you to get tattoos. I don't want you to ride motorcycles. I don't want you to have shotguns. So one day I made a choice. I said, I'm a grown man. <laughs> I ain't going to get a tattoo. I ain't going to ride a motorcycle, but I'm going to go. I'm gonna go play with some guns today. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a man, I'm a, I'm a, let's go to the gun range. So I went to the gun range. <laughs> I get there, because guns look fun on TV. And, it moves, and I like action movies, Mike Lowry, he looks so cool on Bad Boys, just bang, 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 bang. In my mind, I thought that's what it was gonna be. So I get to the gun range, and uh, I walk in, and they're like, Hey, man, have you ever shot up a gun? Yeah, have you ever had a memory in your mind <laughs> that actually wasn't a real memory? I had a, had a memory in my mind that wasn't there. And so I'm not going to say I lied because I, I thought, I said, I never thought, of course I shot a gun. Of course I shot a, a gun. Of course. I talked myself into it. Yeah, I shot a gun. Laser tag, water gun, duck hunt on Nintendo. Of course, I've shot a, a gun. And they said, okay, get some goggles and headphones. Goggles, headphones. But Mike Lowry ain't got no goggles, headphones. Y'all trying to mess up my cool. I'm about to get on the ground, man. Bang, bang, bang. I had it all figured out. So I walk in. And immediately, I knew I was in the wrong place. Immediately, fear had gripped my entire heart. Immediately, I, I felt, I literally felt felt death standing next to me. I said, I, I just feel like something's going to go wrong. It was so loud. Every gunshot, literally, for 30 minutes, every gunshot made me 
physically jump. Not like, I'm talking about real jump. Every time, it shook me to my core. And it was at that moment <laughs> that I recognized, it was, it was at that moment that I recognized guns are powerful. It's a powerful weapon. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about what God wanted me to talk today. And I think there are so many blood-bought believers who are Holy Ghost-filled, sanctified, fire-baptized. You know the word. But so many of us have forgotten that we've been given a weapon. A weapon that's more powerful than a gun. A weapon that's more focused than a missile. A weapon that has more impact than a nuclear bomb. We were giving a weapon, and you'll never guess what that weapon is. The weapon is our praise. I need you just to hit three people and tell them, I have a weapon. I, I have a weapon. I, I have a weapon. I have a weapon. When the enemy comes after my kids, I got to remember, I have a weapon. When the enemy comes after my joy, I got to remember, I have a weapon. When the enemy comes after my future, come on, I got to remember, I have a weapon. Last week, I preached a message that I really enjoyed called Get a Grip. And I thought about how we got to fight for our grip on, on wonder, because if not, like Esau, we could lose the things that are rightfully ours. This week, I've been thinking about this idea, the power of, of praise. And I want to take a few minutes to talk from this thought. Praise does wonders. Praise does wonders. Grab your Bible. If you don't have one, grab a cell phone. Don't go to Instagram. Go to your Bible app. Psalms. 34. I'm going to read from the ESV. And then we'll talk a little bit about this idea. I'm really excited. How y'all feeling? Y'all good? All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. Really, I could just stop right there and we could go home. Because if we ever gained that and applied it as a reality... It will shift atmospheres. Oh, right. bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be, wait a minute, in my mouth. That means I got to say something. 2020 has exposed the silent praisers. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Let the humble here and be glad. That word humble means let the discouraged, let the helpless. Let's, can I tell you, your praise is so powerful that it can help lift others. Your praise can shift the countenance of people who are going through. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That word magnify right there is a Hebrew word, gadel. And what it, gadel, what it means is to grow, promote, or to make great. And we all know you can't make God larger. God is already massive. God is already eternal. So what does the Bible mean here, magnify? It means this. It means to make my perspective. It means to, 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 it means to promote and to increase my revelation of who he already is. That, that's not an atmosphere that you enter in that God is not there. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what are you talking about, PT? Do you know what's going on in my life? Ask Paul. That's not an atmosphere, even in a Philippian jail. That's not an atmosphere that you're in. That God is not already there. It is up to you and your praise wow. to allow him to manifest. 
I sought the Lord. I love that. I sought the Lord. And he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. There are answers in seeking. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Man, your emotions way to know your praise. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Now, this is where, this is where uh, the psalmist seems to be a little schizo, as is his tradition. It goes from all of this praise to all of God's deliverance to verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. What? The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You can't just read the Bible. You got to read. If we ever truly recognize the significance and the power of our praise, it will be a game changer. I'm telling you, man, the world is waiting on you to recognize how powerful your family is waiting on you. Your money is waiting on you. Your emotions are waiting on you to recognize how powerful your praise is. I was, I was talking to a young couple yesterday. I had uh, an artist stop by my house. He was passing through town. And so he and his wife, and I stayed up, and I was talking to him last night. And, and so I was talking to him, and, and then we just in, it ended up kind of taking a turn to, like, marital counseling. I don't even know how we got there. We started off talking about NBA, and then we ended up talking about how to make your marriage better. And... He just started confessing. And the guy said this. He said, he said, you know, he said, you know, my problem in marriage, because I told him, I said, man, it's crazy. My wife and I are going to 10 years. We may have argued seven or eight times. I know that sounds insane. But I told him the, the reason we don't get into, like, scream battles with each other, like, literally, is because we've learned the key to it. My new phrase is this. It's not easy, but it's not complicated. So we learned that, that this, we learned a key that unlocked joy in our marriage. And it's simple. It's communication. It's that we talk about everything and we don't wait till we're frustrated to talk about it. Sometimes we'll wait till after we're frustrated so that we can articulate our point with, you know, without being hood. So <laughs> I was telling him, I was talking to him and he said that he started confessing. He said, man, I'm going to tell you my problem. My big problem is it's pride. I feel like I've worked so hard to obtain this stuff. I've worked so hard in my career. And so sometimes I'm just like, sometimes I just kind of like push her, you know, kind of to the side. And, and like, I got this. This is, you know, I'm not really taking her advice. Like, I got this. I, I built this. So I got this kind of thing. And I told him, I said, oh, man, it's, it's, not, it's not easy, but it's not complicated. Your problem is not a pride problem. Your problem is a revelation problem. not a pride problem. Pride is the fruit. The problem is, is revelation. So you don't understand what a wife is. So that's why you can treat her like that. <laughs> I can tell you where a wife comes from. It comes from Eve in Genesis. And this was, this was literally why and how a wife was created. You ready for this? The Bible says God creates everything. You know the word. He creates everything. I just feel so much better when the Moors are here. I just love y'all. Y'all just give me so much strength and energy and just... And then it makes me, like, stay online, too, because I know you're like, it's in the Bible. So I want to make sure. <laughs> it keeps me, on, keeps me on track. So, so I told him this. God says 
He creates everything, and while he's creating everything, he calls everything good. You know the Bible. It was good. It was good. It was good. Do you know the first time he said it's not good? It's after he created man. He creates man, and he said it is not good. Here we go. For man to be alone. I will make for him a helper. Proverbs, you know, the Bible says that a man that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I said, man, your problem ain't pride. Your problem is revelation. You don't understand that she was created, watch this, to help you and to bring favor. So when you resist her advice, when you reject her influence, when you push her creativity out of the picture, what you're doing is saying, God, I don't need your help or favor. He said, oh, (laughs) I get it now. I said, think about how successful you were before her. (laughs) I said, think about how successful you are now. That is the maximum you will achieve if she walks out. She's not only your help, she is your favor. Most of our problems are really revelation problems. (laughs) Your, Your money problem is really a revelation problem. Your emotional turmoil, it's just a revelation problem. Can I tell you where the answers are? You won't believe this. The answers are in the book. I can see God, and I, you know, I, I know he's not a man, and I know he don't have emotions. The Bible gives us these things to try to allow us to understand God. But, but I can see God so frustrated. I would be if I was a professor. Man, why do you keep failing when I've given you an open book test? You have the answers. Do me a favor. Tell somebody, you have the answers. You have, you have the answers, and I think this is one of the reasons I love the Bible so much because every answer is in the Bible. All I have to do is discover the truth so I can unlock it in my heart and start walking it out. Once I gain a revelation of praise, many of the issues I face, whether there's anxiety, bitterness, rejection, all this stuff will begin to cease. One of the reasons I really love the Bible is because I'm into math. I'm actually into math more than I'm into reading. I really love math because I really love solving problems. And so here's a problem. Here's a problem. If I'm super tired, if I'm super weak, and I'm I'm super just uninspired, this is just my problem, right? Now I need to find a solution to this because the question now becomes, if that is my feelings, how do I then get strength? I follow the solution in the Bible. Number one, the joy of the Lord is my Strength, Nehemiah 8. So if joy is my strength, how do I get joy? This is what I do. I ask questions. I ask the book questions. Here we go. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Psalm 16. So if joy is in the presence of the Lord, how do I get in the presence of the Lord? Psalms 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. So praise is my access to presence. Bingo. I got the solution. Praise equals presence. Presence equals joy. Joy equals strength. So praise equals strength. And God like, God like, why are you lacking strength? I gave you an open book in hell. It's right there. It's simply a revelation problem. I don't need more pills. I need more praise. I, I think this is one of the most least taught and most ignored principles of the Christian journey. We as pastors make the horrible assumption that people who say yes to Jesus automatically understand what praise is and what praise does. Say it with me. Praise does wonders. So I want want to dispel a myth. 
Here's a myth that we've all accepted. That praising God is just for church. <laughs> Praise is not just for public gatherings. This is simple, but it's a game changer. That's like saying displaying affection to my beautiful wife. You won't believe this or not. Like, she can't keep her hands off me. I don't know what it is. I've been home. I'm trying to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. She's like, boy, you just, I'm like, baby, it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. She's like, the way you make it. Like, you know, just. <laughs> so it would be like, it would be like, we're going on 10 years. It would be like I only showed her my affection in public. It's called PDA. Not only that, but that would mean because we don't want to go to jail, that we wouldn't have any kids. I wonder, this is deep, I wonder if we lack production because we reserve intimacy with God only for public places. Boy, did you hear what I just said? Some of us have bought into the lie that our affection for God is only restricted to public places. And so you give him your attention and your affection only on Sunday mornings. And God is like, if you would just come to me, all ye who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. What you need is in my presence. And this is what 2020 has done. I've never seen a year where there's been so many Christians who don't have the things that they are confessing. And I found the problem. The problem is you haven't said anything in 2020. I got a public announcement for you. You ready for this? You ready for this? You ready for this? Praise cannot be confined to your fingertips. And I know we tell you type amen. And I know you, we tell you to type your confessions. But the Bible never in 66 books instructs you to type anything. It says let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Oh, oh my. Do you hear what I'm telling you? It tells you to shout for joy. You are living with an absence of joy because you haven't said anything in six months. But I wish I had 20 people and a baby that would say, both this computer and this iPhone. I need to lift my hand for a second and open up my mouth and invite his breath. God, put your neighbor in the kneecap and ask him, do you know how powerful your praise is? Praise does wonders. Praise does wonders. Praise does wonders. The word praise literally means to speak well of. You got to say something. My God, did you? You got to say something. You got to say something. Nothing excites the enemy more than a silent Christian. You got to say something. You can, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to do what you've been waiting to do all year long. You're like, I can't wait to get back to church. I think you forgot you are the church. I need about 25 people to take yourself 10 seconds and open up your mouth and speak well of the God you serve. If he's worthy, tell him he's worthy. If he's beautiful, tell him he's beautiful. If he's great and mighty, tell him he's great and mighty. My praise does what I don't need a church. I am the church. My praise is not even restricted to Sundays. God is worthy every day. The Bible says, shout with the voice of triumph. You got to open up your mouth. You can tweet your feelings, but you got to speak your praise. Open up your mouth. I think 2020, the enemy has just been so excited. She's like, they, 
they watching, but they ain't saying nothing. They going to YouTube every Sunday and they listening to podcasts and they going to Facebook and they're wondering why the circumstance isn't changing. It's because Pastor Denar and Pastor Travis can't praise for you. God has been waiting for you to open up your own mouth and declare his truth over your family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God is waiting for you to announce his truth and shift atmosphere. Say it again. I'm an atmosphere shifter. I'm an, I'm an atmosphere shifter. I'm an atmosphere shifter. And I can praise God anywhere I'm at. Anywhere. Anywhere. At any time. I know people who got to take smoke breaks. Because <laughs> they just, I'm just so stressed. I just need a, they're waiting for lunch at work just so they can go out and take a, take a smoke break. Can I tell you something? You can take a praise break. When you feel yourself getting overwhelmed, take yourself a praise break. Oh, my God. Instead of rushing to Chipotle for lunch, go to your car and start blessing God right where you are. Take yourself a praise break. When you think about the goodness of Jesus, I feel old school now, and all that he's done for you, take yourself a praise break. When the devil start coming for your mind and your peace and your joy, take yourself a praise break. Because I cannot tell you what your praise does. Your praise silences the lies of the enemy. I will bless the Lord at, at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. The Bible says this, let the high praises of God be in your mouth. Psalms 149. Praise the Lord with your, with your voice. So I'm reading this passage in Psalms 34. How I bless the Lord at all times. His praise continually be in my mouth. Taste and see the Lord is good. Bless the Lord, my soul boasts. I'm reading all this, and when I read it, I first wondered, why is David talking about praise, and then he lands on taste and see? <laughs> I told you I asked the, the Bible questions. He started talking about there's, there's no lack in the presence of God, and then it dawned on me, why, why is he talking about praise, and then he's talking about taste and see? What does praise have to do with taste? Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and then it dawned on me. It is impossible to taste something with a closed mouth. <laughs> so when I open my mouth to praise, are you ready for this? I'm not only releasing a sound, I'm receiving something from him. That's why the devil wants you to keep your mouth closed. Because when I open my mouth, I give access not only for something to come out. Do you hear what I'm telling you? But for something to come in. Praise is an act of releasing and receiving. That's why the devil wants you to remain silent. Practical, the Israelites march around the wall. They shout, release. And at the same time they shout, they receive victory. When I open my mouth, it shifts atmospheres. My God, my praise is an invitation. Can you see God waiting at the door? The Bible says it. He stands at the door and knocks. Can you, can you just see God waiting to be invited in your situation? Can you just see God waiting to be invited to be able to heal? Can you just see the angels waiting to be invited to defeat the enemies that are surrounding you? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm actually surrounded by God. And he's waiting for me to invite him in when I open my 
mouth. Joy comes in. Peace comes in. Jesus comes in. Now, I'm going to drop this and I'm done. The true impact of Psalm 34 is not just in the verses we read. <laughs> I mean, the verses are bomb.com. There's songs written about the verses. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make his boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. All of that is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. My God, all of that is good by itself. That's not really what the significance is, Pastor Martez. <laughs> it's good, but it ain't really the good stuff. The good stuff ain't in verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. The good stuff is not in chapter 34. The good stuff, open up your Bible, is in the title of the chapter that provides us the context of who and what is happening. And it says, this is a Psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. David, now, now we got to talk. Wait, wait, one minute, David. You mean to tell me that you are talking about all of this in the midst of what you're facing? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you mean to tell me this is happening while you are a fugitive? Do you, do you mean this is happening while, while you're looking over your shoulder, while, while you're pretending to be mad? You wrote this? So now this made me ask this question. When, when did he write it? Did he write it before this happened? Did he write it after it happened? I asked God. I said, God, when did he write this? God said, it don't matter. It don't matter when he wrote it. It matters when he applied it. I got to go home. Y'all shut up. Let's go home. We, we got to get up out of here. We got to get up out of here. Do you understand that he says, I'll bless the Lord at all times this means ladies and gentlemen while he's foaming at the mouth acting like a madman is actually applying this revelation your biggest problem is a revelation problem could you imagine David mumbling and they're like this man is mad and the whole time he's mumbling praise out his mouth he's acting crazy oh my God, but he's actually inviting God into his situation. Y'all don't hear what I'm telling you. At the same time, and even in a crazy situation, his praise remains constant. Here's why. Because my praise is my defense. Regardless if my life is driving me crazy, I can't, I can't lose my praise. My praise does wonders. In the midst of a crazy situation. David says, even here, I'll do it. Even here, I'll do it. On the outside, it looks like I'm losing it. But on the inside, I'm inviting God. I said, David, why? Why didn't you use the sword? He said, because that wasn't really my weapon of choice. 
Praise is my first choice. Praise is my weapon of choice. I don't need Goliath's sword. As long as I got a tongue, it is my sword. As, as long as I got a praise on the inside of me, it is my atmosphere shifter. As long as I can invite God into the situation, I don't need weapons to use with my hands when I got weapons to use with my mouth. Is there anybody in here who's in a situation that's making you feel a little crazy? I dare you to take yourself 15 seconds and use your best weapon. Use your weapon of choice. Use your praise. Come on, open up your mouth and tell them something. Even in the midst of this situation, I feel like I'm losing it, God, but you're still worthy. I feel like I'm going crazy, but you're still worthy. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but you're still worthy. The enemy is behind me, but you're still worthy. Red Sea is in front of me, but you're still worthy. Saul is chasing me down, but you're still worthy. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually be Oh my God, they looking at me. The Philistines are about to kill me. My soul shall make his boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of and be glad. I see the king, they recognize me. They sing in my song. Come back to find the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I'm foaming at the mouth, I'm flowing at the wall. But I will taste and see it, that the Lord is good. I will lack nothing because when I praise he shows up. Six years ago, we was in Augusta, Georgia. My wife is on bed rest. And the situation is crazy. Her legs were starting to wither away. Did you know for a Jewish man, their beard was a big deal? So when David is drooling on his beard, he's losing his dignity. And my wife, although she was in her late 20s at the time, receiving a doctorate in the hospital. She had to lose her dignity because she couldn't really have motion. So you got somebody with a doctorate having to be cleaned by nurses. Dignity lost, crazy situation. And we would hear murmuring. The doctors would murmur. Some of the nurses would murmur. There's no way this child's gonna make it. The water broke at 21 weeks. And although there was murmuring on the outside of the room, we had decided to make that room Judah. I'm gonna tell you where Goliath and where Saul messed up. They forgot where David was from. I can see David at Gath. Like, y'all, I'm acting crazy, but you don't know where I'm from. I'm from Judah. I was born a praiser. I will bless the Lord. 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 I
my first choice. And somebody watching, you forgot where you were from. You are a praiser. Praise is not just what I do. Thank you, Bishop Murphy. Praise is who I am. I'll praise him while I can. I'll praise him in the middle of my circumstance. It is my, I I am a praiser. Can I tell you something? Even though David was in Gath, when he started praising God in the middle of his situation, he made his environment Judah. Can I tell you something? You have the power to shift atmospheres. Oh my God. Somebody right there where you are need to start making your home Judah. Make your office, Judah. Make your cubicle, Judah. Make your classroom, Judah. Right? Where you, when you open up your mouth, you do two things. You remind the enemy where you're from. Watch this. And you silence him. Your praise is stronger than a gun. If a gun makes me jump, imagine what your praise do to the enemy. Every time you shout hallelujah, he jumps. Every time you say, God, I still love you, he jumps. Every time you say, God, you're worthy, he jumps in fear. It silences the enemy and it amplifies the truth. Somebody speak their hands at you and open up your mouth and praise Some of us, your problem is not an anxiety problem. It's a revelation problem. You're only anxious. You're only depressed. Because for too long, you've tolerated the lies. Hear me, hear me, hear me. If what you hear is not aligned with God's truth, it is a lie. But whatever hear me not only your mouth but your ear whatever you lend it to you amplify I just feel like I can't it's because you amplifying what the enemy is saying but when I praise God when I choose it as my weapon I'm saying shut up devil you don't run nothing I'm not agreeing with you Oh, my God. Watch this. I'm not agreeing with what I see. Come on, David. I'm agreeing with what God said. So I will bless the Lord at all times because my praise shifts atmospheres and it silences the lies. That's why you got to open your mouth. That's why you got to open. It didn't dawn on me that that was one of the biggest tricks of the enemy in 2020. He wants to silence the church. Because when we're quiet, we're powerless. He wants to silence you. 
He wants to silence you as it pertains to your marriage. He wants to silence you as it pertains to your calling. He wants to silence you from finding agreement with the promises of God. So if I can plague them with external things, look at COVID. Look at fear. Look at your relationship. Y'all thought y'all knew each other. Now that y'all around each other every day, y'all can't stand each other. This marriage is over. Look at your children. Look at your circle. Look at your money. You'll always be like this. This is who you actually were. You didn't mean anything you were saying and doing before COVID. This is revealing the real you. And you've sat around and tolerated the lies. Instead of shifting the atmosphere of Gath, fear, to the atmosphere of Judah, praise. It's just a revelation problem. You forgot where you were from. (laughs) It ain't easy, but it's not complicated. You just simply forgot who you're from, where you're from, and and who you belong to. All I did today was come to remind you that the lies, we shut the lie, the mouth of the enemy. We shut the mouth of the enemy. We silence the lies of the enemy. When you praise God, you magnify him in your perspective and you shrink what seemed to be impossible. That's it. Paul says, as I'm praising God, I got the right perspective. This is light and momentary afflictions. Paul, they are literally about to chop your head off. Light and momentary. Paul, don't, don't go back to Jerusalem, man. We warning you. We said something. Something ain't right. Light and momentary. David, bruh, that is a big guy out there on the field who's been fighting his whole life. Uncircumcised Philistine. Moses, they coming, and the sea ain't moving. God is able. Either he's able or he's not. But when I praise him, I invite him to do what I can't do. If 2020 has done anything, I got to get out of here. It has revealed to you your limitations. But I'm glad when God shows me my limitations, because then I start looking for what's easy for him. Where I'm limited, he's just getting started. (laughs) Remember, remember, remember the prophet Rafiki. He told Simba, Bro, you tripping. Moses, you tripping. Been a fugitive for 40 years, David, you tripping. You running. Remember. Who you are. And what gave Simba the motivation to move forward was when he looked in the water and saw his father. You just forgot who you were, man. You forgot who you belonged to. You forgot where you were from. Somebody lift your hands. We're leaving right here. Remember who you are and whose you are. You are for the woman who is stuck in a toxic relationship. Remember. You are daughter of a king. 
Maybe the person who you're in a relationship forgot, but you got to remember. For the man of God who, who feel like, man, I can't provide for my family and I feel like a loser, remember who you are. And will you remember who you are and where you're from? You're empowered to do the impossible things through Christ who strengthens you. Yo, maybe you're watching today and you feel, you feel lost, man. You feel stuck in an in-between place. You're exhausted. You're weak. You feel humiliated. You feel like a fraud. You feel like a less than Christian. Can I tell you something? God loves you right where you are. You're watching this and you as high as a kite. He loves you. You're watching this and you're sitting next to somebody who you're not married to and y'all just, he loves you. You're watching this and you wasted. I'm talking about you slammed, you're so drunk, you don't even know where you are. God wants you to hear this. He loves you. And the more you remember who you are and where you're from, the more you start utilizing the weapon of choice, you'll recognize you don't need substitutes. Praise invites in the void filler right where you are. I want to pray for you. Receive him. Come on, right where you are. How awesome would the testimony be if it's, I was in the middle of mess, Paul, when I saw him, and he gave me a new name. How awesome would it be in the middle of your low place? You see him and receive a new name. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe you got up so I don't have to stay down. Thank you for reminding me that my praise does wonders. I choose to bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually be in my mouth. Give you praise. Give you glory. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, celebrate him where you are. Come on, celebrate him where you are. Celebrate him where you are. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. We love you. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to Jesus, pray this simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. Now I am saved forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time or if you rededicated your life, I am so very proud of you and you are not alone. Head over now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. Remember that your past is gone, your future's waiting. So move forward. I love you.